the state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at an historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laugh as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond, but at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Well, well, well. Welcome to the show, Ridiculous Historians. As always, thanks for tuning in. Uh, It's the end of the year, and we are bringing it in with a little bit of a vacation. But we didn't want to leave them hanging, did we, Noel? No, never, Ben. Never would we want to leave our beloved Ridiculous Historians hanging. Um, And it turns out that we've pretty recently crossed over that coveted threshold of 300 episodes uh, where iTunes or Apple Podcasts uh, starts to cut things off and you can't get them anymore. Um, So new listeners to the show might not be familiar with these two Christmas classics that we're going to release this week, starting with today's episode about uh, a perfectly preserved... um, let's say, little time capsule of Christmas cheer that was found in Antarctica. Yes, yeah. So, you know, these days, fruitcakes are sometimes considered a punchline to the holidays, right? You hear people joking all the time, like, whoa, a fruitcake. Use it as a doorstop. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. Uh, But there's been a lot of actual research into how long a fruitcake can last and remain edible. And today's story is about an extreme version of this. What mm-hmm. happens when you take a fruitcake to one of the most inhospitable climates on the planet and you just leave it there? I'm excited about revisiting this one with our super producer, Casey Pegram, as always, because, Noel, I'm going to have figgy pudding for the first time this week. Are you serious? Yeah, I got a figgy pudding. What even is figgy pudding? Well, I'm going to find out, man. I'll, I'll text you a photo. All right, sounds good. Welcome to the show, friends and neighbors, fellow would-be Antarctic explorers. My name is Ben. My name is Noel. Ben, are you a fan of fruitcake? 
I am a fan of food history, Noel, and I am a fan of food mysteries, uh, but fruitcake itself, I don't have the same problem with it a lot of people have. Yeah. I'm just not super, you know, I don't lay awake at night dreaming of it. Oh, yeah. I, I, do you think anyone does? I feel like there's some guy in England. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's one guy in England. It has such a storied history, the the confection itself, but it really has this reputation as just being something you could build a fireplace out of. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see Coco, the new Pixar movie? I think we talked about this in a previous episode. I have not, but I do remember the conversation you and I had, uh, particularly about the the opening act for that film. Yes, the much maligned uh, Frozen-themed featurette that involved uh, Olaf, the uh, reanimated snowman, wandering around the snowy uh, woodland tundra of Arendelle in search of Christmas tradition. And one joke that... that wait, wait, in search of Christmas tradition? Yeah, he's basically trying to help out uh, Anna and Elsa and help them find uh, a tradition because they don't have any family Christmas traditions. So the whole short is him wandering around, talking to different people in the town about what their Christmas traditions are in song form. But one joke that that I thought kind of landed is there's this fruitcake that is just indestructible. And it, go, <laughs> it gets burned. Mm-hmm. It gets, you know, run over by a sled. It even gets uh, taken by a hawk and eventually dumped back into the scene. So, you know, fruitcake has this reputation as being this bulletproof Proof mm-hmm. material, and that is very much the case with today's story. Yes, absolutely. Uh, today's story puts a little truth to the stereotype people have about fruitcake, often considered one of the uh, more lowly desserts of the world. Uh, a combination of candied fruit, nuts, and spices, often heavy with rum and brandy. It turns out, as ridiculous as it might sound, There is some sand to the rumor. Uh, A 106-year-old fruitcake still in the original box was discovered at an outpost in Victoria Land, East Antarctica. That's right, and according to the Antarctic Heritage Trust, which is a nonprofit uh, based in New Zealand that um, seeks to preserve artifacts and history surrounding Antarctica, and a lot of that, as we talked about in our Who Solves Murders in Antarctica episode, involves researchers and expeditions. So, uh, according to the trust, the cake likely dates back to the Cape Adair based uh, Northern Party of Scott's Terra Nova Expedition, which took place between 1910 and 1913. And that is Robert Falcon Scott. Oh, you beat me. That's one of my favorite facts of this uh, place is that guy's middle name is Falcon. Yes. Captain Robert Falcon Scott, a British Royal Navy officer uh, famous for leading two separate expeditions to the Antarctic area, the Discovery Expedition and then the Terra Nova Expedition. Uh, He set a couple of world records in his time exploring. And luckily, Antarctica is not a place that is very peopled nor very populated, so it's easier for experts to trace back uh, this fruitcake's provenance. And you're probably asking yourselves, uh, super producer Casey Pegram, Noel, Ben, how long can we regularly expect a fruitcake to last? The answer is easily three decades and still be eaten. And as Noel said, uh, this is 
you know, a lot of the history of Antarctica is based in research. This was found in a research station, and the fruitcake was one of about 1,500 artifacts discovered in these huts at the Cape Adair outpost. An interesting point of fact about this research station um, is that it was a series of huts, and they were actually the first ever built on Antarctica. So they were historical in and of themselves, even at the time. They were built in 1899 by a man named Karsten Borsgrevink, who is a Norwegian explorer, and then was used uh, for several of Captain Scott's expeditions mm-hmm. and also other members of his party. And here's how it went down. Two months after the expedition had launched their endeavor to reach the geographic South Pole, they finally made it. It took them two months, but they made it just at the very beginning of 1912, January 17th. And when they got there, they discovered a real real kick in the pants for explorers. Yeah, they had been beaten by, I think it was mere weeks Am mm-hmm. I right, Ben? By a Norwegian expedition. Yeah, 33 days prior to the Scots expedition reaching the pole, uh, an expedition by a Norwegian operative, I don't know why I'm saying it like he's a spy, uh, named Roald Amundsen had reached the pole. And uh, as an additional complication, an additional and terrible kick in the pants, blizzards delayed the return and this delay became permanent. Yeah, it's true. They did not make it back alive, but they did have some pretty uh, lap of luxury uh, as far as Antarctic expeditions go mm-hmm. moments um, prior to that in these huts that we talked about earlier. There's a fantastic image on an article from How Stuff Works by Lori L. Dove that pictures Scott and his team gathered around a gramophone, listening to music, puffing on their pipes. Uh, And then I found an article from the BBC with another image inside where they're gathered around a table with beer and uh, all kinds of different foods. And they apparently had access to fresh bread, rhubarb pie, and they would make their own stews and curries Mm -hmm. a lot of times out of seal meat. That's according to Joseph Coulson um, in the article, Scott's Antarctica. Arctic diet, stewed penguin, and champagne. So, right, stewed penguin. Um, Apparently, they used penguin blubber to try to cook with, but they realized that that was a pretty foul-tasting cooking oil, so they kind of ditched that. But they would have several courses to their meals, including things like roast beef, turtle soup, and stewed penguin breast in various jellies and crystallized ginger. And they had champagne aflowing. So, you know, at least when they were trudging to their death through the frozen wasteland, they could, you know, have some fond memories of of hanging out and you know, partying down with with penguin meat and champagne. Mm -hmm. Especially in uh, such a brutal Antarctic climate. It's it's tough to fathom how important even the smallest luxuries can become. Uh, There's a reason they took fruitcake as well, because it has this staying power. And although fruitcake is often a punchline, in conversations in here in 2017, as we record this, oh, at the very end of 2017, uh, for ages past, fruitcake was both a reliable foodstuff 
And it was itself, it seemed to be luxurious. According to an article in the Smithsonian by Jesse Rhodes, ancient Romans made something that was fruitcake-esque, a mishmash of barley, pomegranate seeds, nuts, and raisins. And the descriptions of it all make it sound kind of like an energy bar. Quick backstage peek here at the Ridiculous History office we have a uh, an embarrassment of riches when it comes to energy bars. And we're trying different ones, but I got to say, man, maybe that's why I'm off fruitcake. Maybe an energy bar is too close. The modern fruitcake can be traced back to the Middle Ages because dried fruits became more widely available and fruited breads entered Western European cuisine. It's not a Fig Newton. It's fruited cake. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. You know, Ben, I got to say, one of the best parts about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity you get where you're like, man, how have I been living like this? What's wrong with me? <laughs> you're right. No, it's it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Uh, And there are different regional variations of this, but it makes sense when you are thinking from the viewpoint of an expedition, right? You want to bring stuff that you can transport easily so it doesn't weigh much and it's not going to spoil because your only other alternative is going to be 
a catch-as-catch-can pursuit of the resources in the area, like the penguins. Lizzie Meek, who is the artifacts manager for that Antarctic Heritage Trust, um, says in a statement regarding the, uh, the ancient fruitcake that it was ideal for Antarctic conditions because uh, it was high energy, and it's actually still a favorite today when people are making these kinds of journeys. And it turns out that the company that manufactured this fruitcake is a company called Huntley & Palmers, a British um, confection maker. And they were very popular, and they exported their products all over the world. And the company itself actually boasts that their products have turned up in some of the most unexpected places. Mm-hmm. And that is no joke. Um, when this fruitcake was discovered, folks from the trust described it as having a very, very slight rancid butter smell. But other than that, mm-hmm. it was in pretty good shape. Yes, they transported this time capsule fruitcake, for lack of a better term, to a lab in Christchurch, New Zealand, uh, a lab that was operated by the Canterbury Museum. And the plan is to clean the fruitcake's container, which is a tin, so they want to remove the rust from that. They want to uh, stabilize it chemically, and they want to repair the wax paper covering the cake. And then, to me, the weirdest thing is, after they restore the fruitcake, they're taking it back to the hut where it was found. And that's because it is considered an Antarctic specially protected area, mm-hmm. which I'm imagining, does this mean they're recreating those conditions so that you can go check it out, sort of like a moment out of time or like going to, you know, visit uh, the boyhood home of a president or something like that? Yeah, that's a great question. So specially protected areas start showing up around 1964 as part of several international agreements. And since its inception— Uh, The ATCM has emphasized the need to protect sites or monuments of historic interest. So you're absolutely right. That is one of their primary goals, along with, you know, um, environmental protection and conservation. So if we as a group, you, me, Casey, everyone listening, and uh, a mysterious stranger that you'll meet eventually, uh, if all of us hightail it to Antarctica— And we build something, and hopefully we don't die. If it is deemed of historical significance, these would be the people protecting it. Exactly. And uh, the New York Times spoke to a guy named Matthew Williams who manages the Reading Museum, which is where this uh, biscuit maker was headquartered and is headquartered, I believe. And he says this. Modern research has shown that the Polar Party's daily ration of 4,100 calories was 800 calories short and their diet was deficient in vitamins, as well as energy-producing elements. So part of their downfall Mm -hmm. was that they just kind of did the math wrong as far as what their rations were, and apparently also they focused much more on protein, too much on protein, and less on vitamins, minerals, and fats. And this is hugely important. I'm really glad you brought this up because— There's a thing that can occur when you are subsisting off entirely protein, and it's something, it's called rabbit starvation. That's how I heard of it, Uh, but I think the more proper name is protein poisoning. So it is absolutely possible to feel like you're eating an adequate amount of sustenance, but slowly 
uh, undergoing, yeah, slowly undergoing terrible, terrible medical consequences, which, by the way, this is a dark fact, Noel, but that's one of the reasons, I think you and I talked about this on a different show, that cannibalism, survival cannibalism, is such a bad decision because by the time people finally violate that taboo and consume human flesh, they're consuming the flesh of someone who is already starving and they're only really getting protein so they just enter a different stage of starvation. Speaking of fantastic segues, I, I don't want to stop on a cannibalism note. Uh, I looked into other old foods, and I found this great article by Mental Floss uh, by an author named uh, Therese O'Neill. And folks, if you're a fan of our show, then uh, you probably already are aware of Mental Floss. We actually hang out with the founders, who are super cool, Will and Mangesh. Yep. And they have a show called Part-Time Genius which we appeared on. It's true. We talked about Ikea furniture, didn't we? That's, yeah, that's they, the they, one. They, they quizzed us, and they were a much more kind, gentle quiz master than, mm-hmm. um, than, than we're maybe used to. Casey, can we get a little foreshadowing music? Just a little. There we go. Yeah, Noel, you're absolutely right. But first, we'll explore a couple of other examples of ancient foods, and I want to see what you think of these. So first... Wine, right? How old can wine be? Isn't it like the older the better, kind of? And that's what people seem to say. And sometimes if mishandled, it can turn to vinegar. Right. But people talk about a good year. And some of the ones that are like really revered are quite old. Yes. So excavators in Germany found the oldest known wine that is still in a liquid state. It dates back to the Roman era. They found it in a sarcophagus along a bunch of other wine bottles that had dried up. And it's been aging for 1,600 years. Jeez, do you think that would get you really, really lit? Or would the alcohol kind of diminish over that long a period? Apparently, it's the latter. The alcohol content is gone after that long. So there's probably a window of time for Mm -hmm. good wine. Uh, Burnt British bread was discovered that was 5,500 years old. Wow. Not edible. No, I'm sure. (laughs) Um, Bone soup which does sound like something I would try, uh, was discovered uh, having turned green over its 2,400 years of storage. It still contained bones, but they did not eat them. This was discovered in China. Bone soup, like broth? The broth evaporated. I see. Uh, So they really just found the bones that had been sitting there for a while. With a green gelatinous sludge of some kind. Yes, yes. Uh, And then people have also found... Beef jerky that was buried in Wanli, China. Well, that lasts forever, right? I was hoping so, man. It had a, it was 2,000 years old and it was a black and green carbonized mess described by the archaeologists. None of the people are trying to eat this, mm. which is, I guess I understand it, but out of all the old foods that you and I found when we were looking in, into this, the fruitcake is unique because, again, despite that very slight rancid taste, it could still be edible. And one of our questions today is, what's your opinion of fruitcake? Do you think that we have been doing a disservice to this noble, noble? I don't know, to this culinary tradition? You know, Ben, I, I don't think us spilling any ink over fruitcake is going <laughs> to really change its legacy. I think it's pretty well entrenched. <laughs> you don't think we're fruitcake influencers? I don't know, man. I, I just I just feel like it's it's 
It's day in court has passed. You know, I, 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 I feel I feel like you know the uh, the cultural mm-hmm. place of fruitcake is 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 pretty pretty solidified, and nothing we say or do is going to change that. It's pretty congealed. Who who tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card with twenty four seven U S based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person. Anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car. I'd get that car, and I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac yeah. Bonneville's. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one, and that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I meant I said El Camino, and I meant Monte Carlo. I miss it so. Uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. It it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, You know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
No, this is not, however, the end of our show, is it? No, it's not. And what is that ominous music? Oh boy, I'm getting nervous. This seemed like such a good idea before it was actually happening. I'm scared. It's time. Jonathan Strickland! That's the quister to you guys. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, welcome to the most cringeworthy segment in all of our podcasts across all of our brands, gentlemen. Where did you even come from? Have I've you been actually, here? I've been under the table the whole time, and Ben, you've been kicking me for the last 12 minutes. I got restless legs, man. I'm sorry. I noticed. <laughs> so here's the thing, gentlemen. I have decided that to truly become experts in ridiculous history, I'm going to test you on your knowledge of truth versus fiction, I will present to you occasionally a scenario, and you must decide within the time span of three minutes whether or not the scenario I give you is real or fiction. Now, you will be able to talk amongst yourselves. Mm. You may even pose questions toward me, the quizster, should you feel that necessary. Uh, may the how, questions be posed in the form of questions? They may be, but yes. I'm glad you brought this up, Noel, because I think this is far too simple if I just give you a scenario and you just give me an answer. But that seems okay. But I respect you, Ben. <laughs> oh, no. So What about me? Uh, I like you, Noel. Wow. So wow. I am going to make a, an arbitrary rule every time I appear on this show— that will pertain to that and that time only. So next time I'm here, this rule will be totally different. But today, mm. the rule is, should you wish to pose a question to me, you must preface it with the phrase, Quister, I have a quick query, followed by your question. Quister, I have a quick query. Quister, every, I have a quick query. Every okay. time you want to ask me a question, now, do you have a timer ready for three minutes? We do. We do. Excellent. I like I like that. It's, uh, wow, that's enormous. It is a cartoonishly large timer. It takes up an entire wall of the studio. I don't know how I missed it. It's a grandfather timer. <laughs> yes. I will, I will point to you, Ben, to start it, but I'm going to read out the scenario first, so that way you will have a full three minutes. And feel free to answer before the three minutes are up. Should you feel confident? Let's do this. All right. Here is your scenario for this week. Gerald Jerry Scrivener not only made history, but ate it when he mistakenly consumed a tin box filled with 110-year-old chocolates, which were actually meant to be a museum piece sponsored by the St. Andrew's Preservation Trust. Begin the time. Okay. So he ate it? He ate it, but quiz, quiz, quiz master, I have a quick query. Close enough. <laughs> Quister, whatever. Did he work at the museum? He did. Okay. Okay, so he worked at the museum. Well, says him. Yeah. Uh, like he's, he's the most unreliable narrator we could possibly have here. Quister, I have a quick query. Yes. Are the answers that you give us true? Yes. Wait, I didn't think that out very well, did mm. I? Okay, um... Quister, I have a quick query. Yes. Could you briefly restate that? Certainly. All right. Um, There was this box of chocolates. Okay, 110 years old. Box is made out of tin. Okay. T-I-N. Okay. 
The chocolates themselves date from, well, 110 years to the point where he ate them. The actual box of chocolates was uh, first gifted to someone in 1902. And this museum employee, Jerry Scrivener, Gerald to some, mistakenly consumed the chocolates thinking they were simply chocolates and not realizing they were meant to be put upon display. Okay, I, I would argue that Jerry Gerald worked at a museum. He would know pretty well whether he was looking at an artifact, like an old ancient box of chocolates, or if it was something to be consumed. So I am leaning towards false. Okay, I think that's a really good point because, you know, you would expect there to be some sort of bar for uh, employment in a museum. You would think. And not a chocolate bar. Uh but I'm I'm wondering, because of the specificity, I'm wondering if it's true. Huh. You but know? Jonathan is a very pedantic quiz master. He, he, he's going to, you know, mm-hmm. down to the detail, try to trick us every chance he gets. So I, I don't know. Gosh. I don't know. It rings true. Yeah. But it also, I really think Jerry Gerald, you know, if he was worth his salt as a museum employee, would know he was looking at an artifact and not a delicious treat for him to consume. Also, and let's be honest, Jerry Gerald doesn't sound like the most plausible name. Jerry Gerald Scrivener. Gerald is his name. Jerry is what is in air quotes. <sighs> okay, man, I got to tell you, we've got 30 seconds, Noel. You didn't follow the rule, though, so you get oh, an electric shock. You're right. <laughs> Sorry about that. I I, oh. I was so excited to, to just follow along with your, your amazing journey. Okay, uh, I, I feel like it's true. Wow. Yeah, we're at an impasse. I feel like it's false. Do you want a death match, rock, paper, scissors? 16 seconds, let's go. Rochambeau. All right. One, two, three, shoot. One, two, three, shoot. Okay, first was scissor, scissor. That was this next one was scissor, paper, me. Which means we're going with false. Oh, okay. All right. Right? Because you said false. You won. Okay, fair enough. Okay, and that's our time. Oh, time is up, gentlemen. Congratulations. The answer is false. Yes. In fact, the St. Andrew's Preservation Trust did have a 110-year-old tin of chocolates. They were gifted from a mother to a daughter uh, after the mother had received them as a as a gift upon uh, King Edward's ascension to the throne, mm. handed them over to her daughter. She did the same to her daughter, so on and so forth, until they gave it to St. Andrew's Preservation Trust. It is in a museum. It is on display, uneaten. Scrivener was a complete fabrication. All right. Hey. I hated that with every inch of my being, <laughs> but I I'm, I feel good about it. That was a lot of fun. I We did not think it was going to go down to a rock, paper, scissors death match. I like it because it tells me two things. One, you are both very clever. And two, I'll get you next time. Now be gone, demon. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, our evil quiz master, Jonathan Strickland. I I can't. Can someone open the door? I can't, oh, yeah. I can't open the door from the side. <laughs> That's true. Well, thank you so much for coming. And, Noel, I owe you a personal thanks because uh, we would have we gotten that incorrect on our very first time out. And God only knows what happens when, when you get it wrong. I, I mean, you got an electric shock just for not following his mm-hmm. sinister rules. And I already had jittery legs. It's going to be a rough afternoon for me. I've developed jittery leg just from this whole thing. It has stressed me out. But we hope you guys found it at least a little bit enjoyable. <laughs> 
It really was like there was high anxiety going on there. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed it. Um, This is not the last you have heard of our historical quiz-centric arch nemesis. Yeah, I I have a feeling he'll probably materialize again. I'm still here. (laughs) I think he's still here. And we are going to head out. Uh, We hope you have an excellent end of the year. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, we do not have a MySpace. No, well, I, I I do still floating around out there somewhere. You can look at you can look for it. Noel Brown, <laughs> MySpace.com/slash Noel Brown. I was one of the first to get like a, a you know personalized like, URL. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I was a, I was one of the original verified MySpacers. In fact. Oh wow! Hey. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was friends with Tom. Getting to know you. You wouldn't even mention that this is kind of a Christmas-themed episode. Um, Holiday-themed. How about that? Because fruitcake does hold a special place. It's not even Christmas-centric. It's just like a weird thing your grandmother gives you, whatever her religion is. Mm -hmm. And if you were a fan of of fruitcake and you have a really amazing fruitcake recipe, uh, send it to me, and I'll try to make it, and maybe we can all get together here in the office and give it a shot. And watch sale. Yes, yes, and we will was sail. And for now, we're going to was sail away. Save me here, man. Was sail away, sail away, <laughs> sail away. But send us your fruitcake recipes. Ridiculous at HowStuffWorks.com. All the social media stuff that Ben mentioned, except Pinterest. And uh, we hope to see you next time on a new episode of Ridiculous History. And happy holidays, everyone. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Avalon Waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am, and uh, aren't we all? We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry, and that is, my friend, smaller ships. True story. The intimate ships of Avalon waterways can go where the big ships can only dream through winding passageways, rolling vineyards and castled hills into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at AvalonWaterways.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.